Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys, I'm back. It's another Sunday night. You guys know that you're on the couch with me. It's the Brain Love Podcast. And you keep coming back because I have the dopest guests who come on my couch <laughs> and who just, you know, they don't fear sharing. They don't fear being vulnerable. They share their experiences. They share who they are. They share what they're doing. And on the couch tonight, I have none other. You probably know this lady. Um, she's in the natural hair industry. I've seen her on Instagram and I was like, wow, yo, the way she does these blowouts is so super nice. Nene Brooks is here today, tonight. I should say, hey, Nene. Hi, how are you? Now, is it Nene or Nene? It's Nene. Okay, I just want to be it's, sure. Yes, it's, it's <laughs> Nene, which is short for Shernithia. And some people call me Shernithia, but most people call me Nene. Okay, so Shernithia Brooks, aka Nene, is on the couch yes. with us. And I have a lot of listeners in Atlanta, so I'm sure some of you know who this beautiful lady is, if you guys could see her. And I, you know, I'm going to post this video I'm recording. I'm in. I'm in my little robe, my leopard robe, and she's all dolled up because she <laughs> looks like she does hair. She looks like she's a licensed cosmetologist. She looks like she's a styling professional, and that you are. Thank so, you. Thank you. Guys, I want to tell you why tonight is so important. It's, it's so important because we're merging um, outer uh, appearance and uh, and beauty with also the beauty of our brains with our inner mental health and wellness and Nini mm -hmm. has been combining the two in her hair salon and in her profession for a very long time and has decided to pivot in her career mm -hmm. and so we should all be in support of that because if you go to the hair salon or if you're a man and you go to the barbershop you mm -hmm. know that there is a lot of pseudotherapy going down in the salon, <laughs> in the barbershops, and definitely some coaching. Ain't that right, Nene? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is very much correct. So before we get into tonight's topic, Nene is a lead instructor. I want you guys to go on her website and show her some love. I'm ordering some products from her. Her website is hhgproducts.com. That's H is in hotel, H is in hotel, G is in golf, products.com. And um, when you go on that screen, I see some, some lemons. Like lemons are in the <laughs> middle of that page. I love lemons. Mm -hmm. There's some aromatherapy there. Um, yeah. And then it says, say hello edges. So you're, you're all about healthcare and health. Absolutely. Yeah, right. absolutely. So you guys, let me tell you some more about Miss Nene Brooks. She is in the natural hair industry. As I mentioned, she's been doing hair and beautifying ladies since the age of 11. So this is a natural talent. You may have heard me say before on some of my previous shows that people who have talented hands are born with talented hands. You cannot teach yourself to have a natural talent. Okay, obviously natural means you're born with it, but you cannot teach yourself 
to have these gifted hands, you have to be born. I believe the great surgeons, great hairstylists, great makeup artists, you guys are born with these hands. So she's been in the in salon ownership for over 15 years. She's the creator, as I stated, of HHG Products, LLC. She created HHG Beauty Academy. She's a licensed cosmetology instructor. She founded as well a nonprofit called Next Up Beauty Pro Inc that we'll get into a little bit later. And being in um, this field, she has found that she's been talking to a lot of ladies and men too, I'm sure, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely, for a very long time. And they come back and repeat something that I have shared with them. And they say, I remember you told me, and I'm like, wow, they really listen to what I have to say. Yes, man. Well, one of the things that stuck out to me in um, doing my little research about you is that you promote healthy work-life balance amongst your beauty professionals. You yes. promote that balance. And you also acknowledge professionals who have challenges with work-life balance and mental wellness, mm -hmm. and you encourage people to seek mental health care. Yes. Absolutely. I'm definitely an advocate for therapy, therapy, therapy. Um, it has been life changing for me. So that's just one of the areas that I, that I advocate for is definitely therapy that like it starts there. Wow. And guys, before I get into the interview, I just want you to know that she is an aspiring psychologist. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm on this journey right now and I'm super excited about it. Um, I was not sure about this transition because I started thinking like, am I too old to start a second career? And I just was having all these doubts and, um, and not sure which direction I wanted to go in. And that was one reason that I reached out to you and just wanted to, you know, do a Q and A with you just to ask you about your journey, you know, um, as a doctor and, and here I am, like I'm doing it. It's something that I have desired since my first uh, collegiate journey, which was many moons ago <laughs> when I was a traditional student and, um, and I didn't finish. I decided to pursue the beauty industry full time. And then as years started to pass on and I, I am in my forties right now, I'm in 43. And I was just thinking, and I was like, well, what can you see yourself doing beyond 50? I know I like working. And what I realized is that I just happen to have a talent, a natural talent, but I have a passion for people. And I realized that was really what I loved about doing hair is just interacting with people on a daily basis. So that's when I made the decision. I was like, I'm going back and I'm going to finish and I'm going to pivot my career. And, and here I am. Got it. And we are so glad that you're here because we need more people who have this passion to want to help others, who want other people to know that they can live life and enjoy life, um, that you're available and that you want to, you're motivated to address people and their mental health challenges, because mm -hmm. it can be a, a challenging process in helping people with mental health limitations. But knowing mm -hmm. that you have the desire to do it, you're one up on the person who's just doing it because it's a social media trend or because they think right. they can make easy money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I have always had an interest um, in psychology. Like I said, that was my first, my first um, chosen interest in, in, in college. And 
I, it's just always been there. I have conversations with women all the time. I have conversations with men. And, and, and what I noticed is that there's a lot of success, financial career success going on out here, but there's, there's no working on the inside. Very, very, it's, it's a very small amount of people that are really, really doing the self work and the self healing. And I was just like, you know, why is that? in our community. I, I don't know, I don't have an answer for that. And so that's, I was like, I would like to be the change, you know, in our community and be a voice and, and make it like, going to get your nails done. Like people like, I'm going to therapy on Mondays. Yeah. And it's just gonna be like a regular conversation. Yeah, I have a therapy appointment. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to get my hair done. I don't want it to be taboo. It's not taboo around in my circle because I have friends that go to therapy. I go to therapy still. Now it's just kind of like a regular thing. I would probably feel weird if I was to stop going because now I'm just used to talking to my therapist. I'm like, it's just normal to me. And so I want it to be normal um, to people in my community that feel like they need it. I don't, by any means, I'm not saying everybody needs therapy, right? But if you desire change and um, you want to heal from some from some past, you know, situations or childhood childhood things that are um, causing stumbling blocks in your life. I just think that it's it's the way to go, and it's a huge investment. Yeah, yeah. So normalizing mental health treatment is what we have to do in the Black community. We all know that there's a higher stigma. Um, of mental illness in the black community in the black community uh, in comparison to the majority or in right. to some other communities. Um, and especially, you know, I live here in South Florida, so we're divided even in the black community. We have African Americans, we have Africans, mm -hmm. we have Jamaicans, we have the, the Islanders, Caribbean folks, Jamaican and Haitian, and the stigma is mm -hmm. even greater amongst Caribbean, Caribbean blacks. Um, okay. So let's start with the initial part of your education journey. And the reason okay. why I want to tease this out is because, um, you know, I get interest all the time from people who are exploring mm -hmm. careers in the mental health field. Um, mm -hmm. and, and one thing I want to say to you before we go there is that you are never mm -hmm. too old to change your career. Never. Right. Um, when I was in medical school, there were um, people in my class who already had careers as attorneys, right. they were once attorneys and decided to go back to school and become a physician. Wow. So people went to law school, studied and passed the bar, had careers as attorneys and in their fifties and sixties, I'll never mm -hmm. forget this one lady was a grandmother. She mm -hmm. went back to medical school because she wanted to be a physician. She wanted to do wow. something. Different. So people are living longer. Um, we're mm -hmm. living longer. And um, so you want to find something that's satisfying and fulfilling for you. You are never too old, my my friend, never too old. Thank you. Oh. Thank you for saying that. And I've been reading um, different articles that have been sharing people's story about changing careers. So it just gave me inspiration. So thank yes. you for yes. <laughs> saying Absolutely. that. Um, so you mentioned the first part of your career, your educational climb, I should say, um, you decided mm -hmm. to uh, stop with school and I guess mm -hmm. take the entrepreneur journey. Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you for that, because a lot of people are afraid of going out there on their own and having to rely on themselves making money to, to make a life. Talk to us yeah. about that. First off. Uh, entrepreneurship definitely chose me. <laughs> I did not choose it for sure. 
Um, I was brought up in an entrepreneur family um, on my father's side. I, my father is one of 19 children. Whoa. And yes, one of 19 children. And probably out of 19 children, 16 of them have been our business owners or entrepreneurs. So that's just what I grew up around. And um, I, like I said, I had a natural talent for hair. And so when I embarked on my traditional collegiate journey, I, I would have to say I went to school because I thought that was just the thing to do. You know, you graduate from high school and you go to school. But because neither one of my, my mom or my dad were not college educated, they were in support of me doing that, but they, I don't think they were able to kind of navigate me through the journey and how to connect your gift to this collegiate journey and make it make sense at that time. Um, so when I went to school, of course, I was studying psychology because I wanted to uh, pursue a career in, in the mental health field, but I also was doing hair in the dorm room. I was doing more hair than studying. And making, and, and making right and wow, making I'm money. Sure. Yes, <laughs> and I was making money, and I was just like, "This money, I want money now." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I want money," because at that age, you are so in a rush to be an adult, yeah. and you're just ready to get on with your life. Don't even realize what you're rushing into, right? Yeah. yeah. It's once you become an adult, there's no end to this thing. So, um, so yeah, after two and a half years and I just was like, you know, I just, I want out of here. I just want to go open a business and, and, and start my journey in the beauty industry. And that's exactly what I did. Um, my father invested in me and we opened up my first hair salon at age of 23. Wow. And yes, that was also the year that I uh, got married. And, um, and life began. Uh, I owned that salon for 12 years and well, no, 10, 10 years. And it's actually still open now. Um, but my parents, they actually manage it when I left my hometown and decided I just kind of wanted a new life and fresh start. They decided to keep the salon open. And, and that was my entrepreneur business, business ownership journey and how I left the collegiate chapter of my life and started a business so that's how that happened yeah. and and so just to i'm sure you guys heard that loud noise in the background the dog knocked over my elephant so <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be her ass later no i'm just kidding <laughs> that's what that loud noise was. okay mm -hmm. so you left college you opened your own business mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. you were, you've been conducting business um or you were conducting business in the salon for about 10 years or so. That salon is still yes. open. When mm -hmm. did the nonprofit come into play? So the nonprofit came into play, honestly, just recently. Um, last year, as I started to really do some self-reflecting and just trying to decide where I wanted to go with my career. And then I, as I started to think like, wow, you are really about to retire. You know, you're preparing for retirement from being a hairstylist. So what is, um, one second, yeah. what is, um, hold on, I forgot I'm still in the salon. No worries. <laughs> 
So guys, we're doing this discussion tonight. Um, she was so nice to talk to me. She's a busy lady. And, <laughs> no, you're um, fine. And being busy, she, you know, she has clients who come to her salon, <laughs> her place of business as she does tonight. So um, all right. Okay. Thank so, you. Okay. Yeah. So um, so as I was thinking about what does my footprint look like with me not like physically taking clients anymore, like physically not in this industry. And I couldn't really imagine myself not having any type of footprint in this industry. So I said, how can I give back? How can I give back in this industry when I am long gone from it, you know? Right. And so that's where the nonprofit came in. And I said, you know, I want to be a resource for young people that are interested in the beauty industry. And I was just thinking, what pieces of the puzzle did I not have at my age when I started? What pieces of the puzzle did my mom, my parents not have, you know? And that is what I want to share with um, young people that are interested in coming into the beauty industry. I want to share with them, you know, if they do have a desire for a, a traditional collegiate journey, what should they major in? If they know they want to be in the beauty industry, you know, I want to share that. I want to share um, what training do they need? You know, where should they go to cosmetology school? Um, more about money. How should they do their taxes when they start, you know, those things that I just didn't know, I didn't learn, or I didn't have healthy habits until in my 30s when it came to this industry. So I really wanted to put myself in a position to give back to other people. So that was the birth of the nonprofit. I love it. Philanthropy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. giving back to the community, giving back to those who don't know, sharing information that you learned because you don't want people to reinvent the wheel, you know, share and, and share selflessly. So that's awesome. That's one of your great traits that will make you an awesome mentor and psychologist or psychiatrist, whichever route mm -hmm. you decide to take. Um, mm -hmm. And for folks who don't know, if you don't know Nini, she is definitely a supporter of HBCUs. You were telling yeah, me all the time <laughs> that you started out at Spelman and you're now at Morrison Brown College, which I think they keyed the concept, the hard reset is what I think no. I've seen. Yes, the heart reset. So I actually started um, at Clark Atlanta University, which is a part of the AU oh, Center. I'm sorry, I said spell. No, yeah, no, no, no. We're all cousins, you know, we're cousins. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I started out at Clark Atlanta University. And it's so funny because I'm not sh sure the the decision was so easy to decide to go to Morris Brown. And I don't, it was just something inside of me that said, go visit Morris Brown, you know, and I went to visit and I did a tour and it was just something that was connecting me to that school. And I think it was just that it, it's an underdog situation um, where they did lose their accreditation and then they were able to restore accreditation and then they're in the process of just restoring the school. And I kind of felt connected because I felt like that was me. Like mm -hmm. I was starting over with something, you know, and I'm like, if this school can bring, you know, they can bring this school back to accreditation, which 
I want to say one of the only HBCUs that have done that, then I'm like, you can do this. You know, you can do this too. So I think that's why I felt connected um, to Morris Brown College. And I didn't want to feel like just another number, especially as a non-traditional student. I'm like, I don't know what this experience is about to be like, you know, and I don't want to get lost in the sauce at, at a very large university. And I want to be also an asset to the school as well. You know, I want to participate and, you know, I just kind of jump right in and, and, you know, non-traditional students mix in with traditional students. And it's just like a family, you know, it's very, it's a very family oriented uh, college and I'm excited to be there. So you're, you've continued your educational journey as a psychology major, correct? Yes. Yes, yes okay. correct. Mm-hmm. And what's your anticipated graduation? Um, anticipated graduation is December 2-4. Mm-hmm. And at, at the latest, that's, that's with me going all the way through. At the latest, that would be May 25. But anticipating December 2-4. Gotcha. I love how mm-hmm. you're taking things in balance. Um, you didn't just completely abandon your clients. Um, no, and, no, no, no. Yeah, and close down shop. Um, For ladies out there who know how important it is and how difficult it can be to find a hairstylist, someone who's going to take care of your hair and teach Mm -hmm. you and educate you in hair maintenance and not just beautify you by destroying your hair and your follicles. It's a very arduous Mm -hmm. process to find someone and to find someone who has personality who is, you know, (laughs) easy to talk to and very pleasant Mm -hmm. as you are. It's a journey for a lot of Black women. I should say women in general, not just Black. Right. Yeah, I I think so. It's almost kind of like finding a good man, honey. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to put this conversation into relationships and sex. I'm so, so listen, good. This is actually a great point to turn over um, the conversation and talk about what are y'all talking about in the salon? What are you talking to these ladies about? Oh my goodness, we talk about a lot of things, and a lot of it is around um, relationships. And you know, I am, I have been married before, and, and I, I'm divorced, and I've been single for some time now. So, of course. You know, they come in and they, and they ask about my journey and sometimes they live through my my dating escapades, you know, if they're married. And <laughs> and then it, and also I share with them because sometimes I feel like when you have a lot of my clients have been married for a long time. And, you know, sometimes when marriages get a little stiff and, and they're speaking from a perspective and I, I'm able to I'm on the outside looking in, you know, and I've been in that in the house. I've been in that before. And so I've learned and I am wiser now. So I can share things with married women from a different perspective, you know, and I can play devil's advocate. I'm not a one-sided voice. You know, I, I, I take up and I speak on behalf of the men because they're not in here. So, you know, I can do yeah. that too. And I'm like, okay, are you, what are you doing? Are you doing this? Are you not doing this? And so a lot of a lot of conversation is, is around uh, relationships, but then it's also just around self, you know, when they're just having, uh, you know, maybe difficulties just with self, you know, um, I talk about my change and transition in, in life and, and not having it all figured out transition. I'm in one of the weirdest, strangest 
chapters in my life, you know, that I've ever experienced. So, um, and, and I'm not afraid to share that with my clients. So in me sharing there, they feel free to share their uncertainties of, about life as well. So uh, we talk about that, you know, we talk about current events, you know, television, ratchet TV, like we talk about all kinds of things. Yeah we, yeah. we talk about important things, things that matter. Um, I'm definitely a conversationalist and I can, it just depends on who it is. Some clients you can get deep with, some you stay a little, you know, a little here. So it just depends. You have to know your client. Yeah. Good, good, mm -hmm. good. Good for you. Yeah. Some folks, you got to stay very superficial or near the surface. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. So, and, and I, I'm able to, to do that. Okay. So let's see. <laughs> Huh. You mentioned, well, you opened the can about relationships and about men. Right. Mm -hmm. What do you think are some of the most common issues that couples endure? What are some of the most common challenges amongst the couples, which I, I realize it's uh, from one point of view, it's from the lady's point of view to mm -hmm. you there in a salon because a man is not there. But what are mm -hmm. some commonalities that you see in the women who are having some challenges in their relationships? And, and tell, would, it, tell it like it is, you know? <laughs> I would say that um, one thing that I find is that they forget that they are a team. And this is not you against I. Or, you know, some of these men are, are married to some strong women, you know, that are doing their thing. And I think sometimes men feel like, oh, well, I don't need, you know, I know you're trying to tell me what to do or, you know, like the woman is the know-it-all or, and sometimes we can be a, a, a good sound, sounding, you know, bored or we have some wisdom, but it's how you deliver it to your husband because men are just some, they can be sensitive creatures, you know? And, and so <laughs> you really have to know how to um, share wisdom with your mate in a way where you are kind of like a teammate or a coach, but they're still leading. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very fine line. And we have to realize that men are, men are sensitive. They have feelings too. And, and sometimes women just don't want to deal with that. They don't want to have, have to navigate through men's feelings, but it's just, it is what it is, you know, and you have to take that into consideration. And sometimes women just don't have the patience or they just don't want to deal with it. And mm -hmm. I'm like, this is just what, what relationships are. I'm like, maybe that's not why I'm back in one. I don't know. <laughs> but, Do um, you think it's because women have bought into the notion that men don't have feelings and men are just Teflon all the time? And I, I think so. I think that society has sold that. And um and it's it's like the man's job is just to work, make money, pay bills, and make me happy, you know. And clearly, that's not that's not the case. They do have feelings. They have a lot of insecurities that they would not like to admit to, you know. And it's not easy to say, "Hey, I'm feeling insecure about this situation." <laughs> like. It takes a special man to say that out of his mouth, you know? And so as a woman, you have to learn how to navigate and say, you know what? I think he's feeling a bit insecure in this particular situation. So how do I navigate this, you know? And again, to me, it's just 
it's just adding a third party in, which would be a therapist. I am an advocate for it because sometimes you just need a mediator. You need somebody on the outside to be able to speak to you guys and, and help you navigate this situation. So yeah. that's definitely one of the biggest things is that they're just bumping heads and they don't have the tools. And to me, I tell any couple, like having a therapist is like having a spare tire. You may not need ever need a spare tire, but when you do, you want to have someone to go in and speak with. I'd rather have someone than not have someone. But, you know, everybody is not on that level of trying to, you know, go there. And But it is something that I share. So I, I would say them just forgetting that it's team. Because when you've been single for a long, a long time, um, like I have now, I'm like, I would love to have a teammate. I would love to have a partner, you know? So what, I think what, do you just, think, what do you think stands in the way of you being in a partnership or being on a team or having someone that is your, your personal teammate? What are some of the challenges there in Atlanta where you're located? I would say some of the challenges are that people, men and women, don't want to gamble. And when I say gamble, when you're dating, you're meeting someone and you're starting to spend time, it's like nobody wants to like invest emotion and vulnerability and they want a guarantee and there's no guarantee to any of this. You know, we can go out, have a good time, spend time, and even get to the point where, you know, we may want to put a title on it. Oh, you're my girlfriend. You're my boyfriend. But I think nobody just wants to be hurt. I think that as soon as somebody gets triggered, I think sometimes men pull back when they find themselves kind of getting a little emotion. Like, I'm liking this woman, you know, which means she has the ability to pull the rug from me, you know, if I am really starting to like her. I think that's one of the main reasons nobody really wanted to take a chance at being vulnerable and putting your your heart on the line. Um, that's what I find, and it goes both ways, you know, with with women too. It's not just not just men. It's it's us too, you know, getting um, triggered, and then you just what they call it, fight or flight. Like they just fight, like I'm out of here, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happens a lot and people just not using their voice and just saying, hey, I like you. Um, I love spending time with you or even saying, I miss you. I know we, you know, we kind of, the train track, the train kind of, you know, fell out the track. Can we get it back on the track? You know, mm -hmm. not saying that allowing the ego to lead, you know, when that ego comes in, it's, it's, it's a wrap, you know, when your ego and then his ego comes out and then it's just kind of like this. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's just multiple, just multiple things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. seem to describe some game playing, um, as well as timing too. Um, you mm -hmm. know, timing is everything in a lot of situations. It's interesting because as you were uh, answering the question, it mm -hmm. made me think back to Michelle Obama's book, The Light We Carry. Um, okay. And there's a section in there during which she's talking about when she and, and the former president, when they met and they started dating. Mm -hmm. And she mentioned the, the, the former dates that she had previous to him or the gentleman prior to 
President Obama, how mm-hmm. um, there, there was a lot of game playing. She wasn't sure if they were going to call her back. You know, mm-hmm. some of what you're describing. And she said when mm-hmm. she met Rock, they met for a couple of times for business lunches. Okay. And they said to her, you know, I like you. I think we should we should go out personally. I would like to take you to dinner. What do you think about that? And she said he was just very matter of fact. He knew what he wanted. He expressed to her what he wanted. He didn't (laughs) want to play any games. And she said she was kind of taken aback by it. But Mm -hmm. she also said that she realizes had she not been through those other situations beforehand, she might have pushed him away for for knowing exactly what he wanted and just Mm -hmm. being so direct and to the point. Um, Right. there's a lot to be said for timing because had she had she met him in the beginning, she may mm-hmm. not have been Mrs. Michelle Obama. That part. And that's why dating is important. Yeah. Dating is research. You know what I'm saying? Like, it I is. don't feel like I've wasted time, you know, dating different guys. I feel like dating certain men in the caliber, it also it allowed me to realize like my worth in the type of man that I wanted to attract, you know, um, that was one thing. And then again, like you just said, if you haven't experienced these different type of men, then and you find a man that is knows what he wants, he's being direct, then you will know how to handle that. But to um, answer, to piggyback off of what you just said, that can kind of scare a woman when a man is coming very direct and no game. I have friends that they get, they're like, oh my God, he's he's calling too much or he's showing up too much and he's bringing me flowers. I'm like, isn't that the point? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's scared yeah. it's 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 some women though when they've had the wrong thing for so long and then yeah. Mr. Right comes and they just like- And, and they just don't know what it looks like. They, they've been destroyed and um, just, you know, they've had all these situations with these other men, situations mm-hmm. which are unbecoming. They've been battered and bruised and, you know, not mm-hmm. necessarily physically, but mentally. Right. Yeah. That when the right person comes along, they don't know what it looks like. Um, and then there's the, the right person who may be right on some levels, but they're not right for everything else. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe the attraction isn't there. Maybe (laughs) the bedroom stuff ain't checking Mm -hmm. off. Maybe, you know, maybe other certain things are not, are not meeting uh, a woman's desires or her standards. But so, well, we have about 10 or 15 minutes left. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to ask, to ask me a question. If you have any regarding mental health, uh, the mental health profession, if Mm -hmm. you have a question, if not, then I have a question for you as to how you would advise up and coming entrepreneurs, but I'll give the floor to you to see if you have a question or two. <laughs> okay. Um, I think my question to you is um, what was, what did you enjoy about the field of psychiatry? Your first, I guess, um, couple of years in the field. Um, it's the same thing that I continue to enjoy now. And that's mm-hmm. uh, the gift of being able to help people. Um, okay. And it's helping people. Not everyone want, wants to be helped. That's the mm-hmm. thing. And that's the challenging part about the field of mental health is that sometimes mm-hmm. folks are brought in who um, don't realize they have a mental health issue or a mental illness. Okay. Um, and then the other challenging part are the patients who have um, what I would call 
not necessarily traditional mental health uh, challenges. Mm -hmm. Their mm -hmm. issues are more because of a personality disorder. Mm -hmm. And those types of um, those types of challenges make it a little more difficult to help a person because personality disorders, they really don't have insight into their own limitations and mm -hmm. how off-putting they can be to other people. And everything becomes about them. So there are a lot of different personality disorders, but that's one area of mental health that's a challenge for all mental health professionals. Mm -hmm. um, so the thing that keeps me, um, that uh, attracts me continuously year after year, month after month, day after day to the field of, mm -hmm. of psychiatry is the mm -hmm. ability to help people and to educate, is to share mm -hmm. information the same way that you're striving to do um, once you become a mental health professional or as you're mm -hmm. doing, I would say you're doing coaching there in the salon. Um, right. And that's very important because, you know, you have to crawl before you can walk. And I'm, I'm saying Absolutely. that not necessarily regarding you, but mm -hmm. regarding some of the, the people who come into your salon, because you're right. giving them some exposure to um, the notion of seeking a therapist, um, the the practice of talking to someone and processing things on their own, which is why it's so helpful to talk to our friends when we have a difficult issue, because mm -hmm. it's good to hear you, yourself say things and to work things out with another person. Um, not mm -hmm. saying that friends should take the place of a, a mental health professional, not at all. Right. Sometimes mm -hmm. that's kind of the steps before someone lands on the couch or in the chair of a mental health professional. Okay. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So <laughs> my last question to you would be, mm -hmm. what advice would you give up and coming entrepreneurs, whether it's in the hairstyling industry, mm -hmm. um, opening an office of any type or um, uh, creating a, a brand or a product that they're selling? What advice would you give to entrepreneurs? Um, two things come to mind. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is the comparison. Don't compare your journey with the next person's journey. That's a major thing, especially now in the world of social media, where we are just a fingertip away from watching and staring at other people that may be doing what they're doing. And they like, wow, when am I going to get there? You know, you, you can't do that. That is, um, it's going to be like a motivational thief, you know, um, and it, it could, it could kill your desire to even want to do it. You know, if you're in it and you're doing it for a few months and it's not popping off, you know, but you're comparing yourself, yourself to someone that's been doing it for five, 10 years, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, do not compare, do not compare yourself on your journey. If you know in your heart that you're supposed to be doing what you're doing, just look straight ahead. And secondly, um, get a mentor or a coach. If you get someone that is, you know, looking, if they're on their journey and you're looking like, you know what, they're, they're really doing that thing. And then they're also educating. They have a coaching program or a mentorship program. Let me reach out to them. You know, let me see if this person is a right fit for me to coach, coach me on my journey. So definitely getting a coach. So you don't step in the same potholes, you know, um, that are, are definitely there, you know? Yeah. So I would say, um, don't compare yourself in your journey to the next person and then get a coach that can help you navigate um, in your business journey. 
Yeah. Great sound advice. Awesome advice. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was growing up, there were shit limited, um, medical physicians of color, um, mm -hmm. and even less physicians of color who were in the mental health field, who were so right. Um, that being said, folks, there's no excuse not to have a mentor because there's more of us now um, than what once was before. Um, right. So, and the comparative situation, I love mm -hmm. it because oftentimes that's what people do sit on social media and, you know, compare mm -hmm. themselves to other people. So, thank you so much for sharing that. That was great advice to up and coming oh entrepreneurs and current entrepreneurs because. <laughs> you know, people go backward. They may, yeah. Um, yeah, they may repeat some of the same mistakes and looking and seeing what everyone else is doing and comparing themselves to the Joneses. So it, it's so easy to do. You know, when I started in this business field, there was no social media. Yeah, there was no social media. Yeah, no. <laughs> maybe MySpace, maybe. But yeah, right. Wasn't. I yeah. think MySpace was about the only thing. <laughs> yeah, so that's, you know, when I um, mentor and I have conversations with the new the newcomers into the industry. And, and my heart kind of, you know, I kind of feel for them a little bit because now it's like they're just starting and they may only have, you know, a few clients or may only be selling a few products here and there. And, and you go on social media and everybody's a millionaire. And I can only imagine I didn't have to go through that. You know, I just was riding on my talent and and it, it worked for me. So. Um, I just try to be a voice to newcomers into the industry. And like, you just got to stay the course, you know? Yeah. You do the work, do the work and stay the do course. The yeah. Do the, do work the work and, and stay the yep. course. Figure Absolutely. out, determine what your weaknesses are. Try to beef up mm -hmm. those weaknesses, but mm -hmm. yeah, you got to do the work because some people want things to happen overnight. Nothing comes overnight. Oh, yes, Lord. Yeah. That. That's another one. Yeah, it's a, it's a different generation. So they definitely want. And I, I think it's just a wave of, you know, you have people on YouTube, um, people that are able to go on YouTube and, and make all this money and stuff. So it makes them feel like, why have they had to work so hard for so long when I can just get on here and be, and be famous overnight? You know, so I think again, social media, you know, has played a part in that. So absolutely, I think yeah, I think that's where just good old fashioned alignment comes in that and knowing this path that you're supposed to be on. You know, and yeah. and that's an ongoing journey. You know, even listen, none of us have it all together. Yeah, no, <laughs> none of us. And I'm going to allow that to be the closing yeah. statement. And that is knowing your path and recognizing yeah. your own journey. That should definitely be the closing words here. Besides okay. you telling people how they can get in touch with you, please give your email, your phone number and folks that'll also be in the verbiage for the okay. podcast description. So you can okay. um, check it out on Spotify or Anchor or Pandora, iHeartRadio, but her information will also be in the verbiage for the podcast episode email and phone number, please, or whatever you're comfortable with sharing and, uh, for people to get in touch with you. Okay. If they are on social media, um, if they are on Facebook, you can just find me at Nene Brooks. Okay. And that is N-E-N-E-B-R-O-O-K-S. If you are on Instagram, that's going to be Miss M-I-S-S Press and Curl. And that is P-R-E-S-S-N- C-U-R-L. You can also find me on Instagram. Just type in Nene Brooks as well. 
Um, and my email address is hair at gmail.com. All right. Thank you for being on the couch with us. Thank you so much for inviting me. I have truly enjoyed this. You have been a blessing to me today. Absolutely. Say brain love, Nini. Brain love. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, it's Dr. Delvina. And I just wanted to tell you about the ways to follow me. So if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know what platform you're on, but I'm on all of the podcast platforms, Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and you can also follow me on my social media for those of you who found me through your podcast platform and not on social media. Some people have been following me on Instagram or Facebook, and that's how they learned about the podcast. But for those of you who learned about my podcast first, please feel free to follow me on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, I'm Dr. Delvina. The doctor is abbreviated as DR. And there's no period, so it's DR Delvina, which is spelled D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A. And let's see, I have a website. I mentioned before that the website was under construction, but the website is up and good to go. It is Dr. Delvina Help. So again, the DR is abbreviated, DR. D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A, help, H-E-L-P, as in Papa, dot com, com. So please go to my website, take a look, peruse the site, and see what's going on there. And uh, I'm also, let's see, where else am I? I'm in SoundCloud as well, but I'm not as active on SoundCloud as I am with my um, with my podcast. You know, this podcast has been up since May 2020 during the pandemic, and um, I just love talking about the brain and helping to educate people about their mental health and wellness. So please spread the word, tell a neighbor, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a loved one, tell a significant other, tell your ex. If there's something I've t- I touched on that really that you identify with and you want to share it with someone, share it, please. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe, reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs, know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations, limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership, own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours, it's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication, don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. Mm -hmm.